0: Clare FM's Beyond Belief with Stephen Fletcher.
1: It's nine o'clock on Sunday, the 18th of February, 2024. Time for Beyond Belief. Good evening, Stephen Fletcher with you again for the next hour and we have another busy programme for you. I catch up again with Noreen Lynch from the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point and hear about what they've been doing already in this season and hear about the courses and events that are coming up this spring. We were talking recently on Beyond Belief about a new initiative in the Church of Ireland called Pioneer Ministry. And we hear about how it's working in practice in one Church of Ireland parish. And of course, I meet up with Father Jerry Kenny this first Sunday in Lent. No biscuits, no cakes, just a bowl of gruel and some slightly warmed water. And we'll talk about the different Lenten courses and events that are happening in the area. All that to come together with the usual eclectic mix of music. And we start with this from the steam Irish quartet, Fox on the Run. Welcome to Beyond Belief. Again, Jerry, and into Lent now. We've started. The privations have started. we i said in the introduction to the program that we'd be just on gruel and, and water. So well, a
2: little bit better than that, but <laughs> nevertheless, there is the flavour of Lent here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I think we could do with it anyway. On this first Sunday of Lent, and Jesus in the wilderness. I suppose we have to enter a bit of the wilderness. But the little bit I've been reading, I suppose, this year in terms of Lent, it has struck me that some of the spiritual writers are emphasising the fact that it's very healthy for us to have a little bit of wilderness because that's a a time of replanting and rejuvenation and that. And contrary to the cry of the world to always be out there and, and active and all the rest of it, it's good to have a time like Lent where we're asked to be a little bit more reflective and to nourish ourselves internally and spiritually.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's good, and uh, we, there's too much excess in our lives, really, excess of all sorts, and so it's good just to hair it all down a bit. But anyway, Jerry, despite it being lent, there is something we need to celebrate, and that is that if I said 200 to you, would that
2: mean anything to you? It just might be something to do with the number of programs that we've been producing since COVID began f- almost four years ago. I know. It's amazing. You're it, absolutely Jan? right, of
1: course. And I, everything is filed away on my computer. And uh, I put a separate file with a number against it for each program that we do, uh, a, a separate folder. And I was amazed. It came. I came to set up for this program and... We are 200 programmes since we moved out of the studios in Francis Street in Ennis and moved to the luxurious Wild Atlantic Way Studios here in Kilrush. 200 programmes.
2: Very good. And it's been enjoyable. It's been really enjoyable. Again, I suppose circumstances forced us to do this and it just has turned out to be a very pleasant experience. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's worked well,
1: and uh, hopefully the listeners enjoy it. Anyway, uh, they're the most important people that we're talking to. But yeah, so 200 hundred, two hundred shows—an anniversary for that. Who knows how many more we'll do? But Growing we'll see. We we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking last time that there were events, special events for Lent, and
2: uh, I just wonder, what have you got in your... Well, back here in West Clare, there's one very special event that people last weekend and this weekend have been hearing about in their churches, and that is, there's a special introduction to Scripture, or to the Bible, that is being held here in Kilrush Parish, on the Wednesdays of Lent, for four Wednesdays, commencing next Wednesday the 21st of February. And it's been conducted by a group from the Diocese of Lay Ministers, who were commissioned by Bishop Finton just two years ago, and they are overseeing faith formation, especially adult faith formation in the Diocese, and they're doing this program of introducing people just to reading the Bible and Understanding the Bible, and that course will be on in Lent here in Kilrush for four Wednesdays, commencing next Wednesday at eight o'clock in the Community Centre. It's open to everybody, it'll be an hour and a quarter, commencing at eight o'clock, and each of the four presentations will be standalone so that you can come one night or come for all four of that. But it will help people maybe just to understand a little bit more about the richness of the Bible and the variety of works that are in the the Bible and, and how God word, God's Word speaks to us in various different ways. It's, uh, uh, as you and I, as as purveyors of the Bible on such a regular basis, we know the richness that can be there and the variety that's there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah and uh, thinking about
1: uh, concerts and things, I, I was just looking to see in St Mary's Cathedral in Limerick. A lovely cathedral there it dates from the 12th century and it's fascinating to go to but there are free concerts on Tuesday lunchtimes and these starting on Tuesday the 20th of February, and then Tuesday the 27th and the 7th of March, and they will continue on. But to find out who's taking part, these are very high-standard classical concerts, and just Google for St Mary's Cathedral in Limerick, and all the details will be there. But yeah, lunchtime concerts, so if you're in Limerick, pop along, and take your sandwiches, and sit and enjoy the concert.
2: And of course, in our tradition as well, during Lent, there's always special emphasis about reaching out to those in need with the Trochra Lenten campaign. And each year, Troker, if you like, they, they highlight one of the countries that they work in and that they assist people in need. And this year, they're highlighting the country of Malawi, which is in Africa. And I know because I have a friend over there in Malawi, a priest friend who they really have been suffering i've heard through his emails of that to me over the recent years how climate change has really affected them there and, and I see the Choker campaign is actually emphasizing that the whole thing of dependence on good water. Uh, seasons have almost changed with climate change over there. Even planting of crops, uh, when they would regularly be doing it, again, yeah. affected maybe by typhoons suddenly coming and washing away all the planting. They, they really have been suffering in, 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 in a great way. And it's, it's, it's evidence of the real effect of, of climate change. Yeah. And as people were saying about climate change, like very often it's the poorer countries in our world who will suffer first. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the way in which our abuse of the, yeah. of the planet has yeah. has. yeah, I was reading some of the
1: literature that they put out and Malad, as you say, Malawi, they're, they're concentrating on, but a few years ago they had too much rain and it washed away the crops. I think this year they, they're in drought mm-hmm. and so they're not having the crops aren't growing and you just can't win can you well, no
2: it's a struggle it's a real struggle yeah and I know that firsthand as I say my friend Father Louis has I can see in his emails when he writes to me because saying that, that the this particular month there's this crisis on their doorstep uh, and it's all to do with, with the planting and the food and people just their livelihoods are, are changed and it's all the effect of the climate which is beyond their control and they, they aren't the ones that are responsible for creating all of the if feel like the, the changes in the climate it's just that they're the ones that maybe are, are suffering most severely from
1: Jerry, thank you so much for joining me this evening and I look forward to to the next 200 shows, please, Carl. We'll <laughs> journey through it, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. No, thank you so much, and uh, have a joyful and uh, thoughtful Lent. Thank
2: you, and you too, Stephen.
3: Stop and think about them
1: These are the Beatles of course with In My Life which I thought would be suitable at this time of reflection in Lent and give us a chance to look back over our lives and give thanks for all those who have helped us over those years. to Beyond Belief on this Sunday evening and I'm very pleased to be sitting in the Wild Atlantic Way studio, Claire FM as we call it in Kilrush. I'm very pleased to have a fairly near neighbour, Noreen Lynch from the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point. You're Thanks. very welcome.
4: Thanks so much. It's just lovely to be here. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. And uh, I suppose the season is starting up for you again now, is it? Uh, you you yeah. tend to go a bit quieter over the winter
4: yeah I suppose we're very lucky in that we tried to have a program September to June, and then July, August, the sisters, the FCJ sisters themselves are in the house. we It's not so much we go quiet. We take maybe two weeks in December at the moment. We'll probably end up doing New Year's Eve retreats and things like that as we move along. And we've had a busy January actually. we've had we had a private group in to start, then we had a four day ignatian directed retreat through all the storms which was great fun (laughs) and then we had an ashram experience last weekend which was just beautiful really nice three nights four days with people came from all over Ireland and then this weekend we had storytelling around St Bridget of course because we were celebrating Maria Gillen, a storyteller we had a Sunday afternoon again Cork Clare people travelled from all over and just, we spent three hours together sharing the stories and then seeing what resonated for our lives, how it might Bridget, the stories, the Three Miracles of Bridget's Cloak was the, the, the piece right. that Maria took yeah. how might that speak to our own lives and so well woven and such a good mix, people just went home just full of energy and optimism I think really going That's into lovely. the spring.
1: Now last time when we spoke I, I was actually at the... You Swiss were, yes. So I have seen it and I can tell people well, it's a marvellous spot yeah. on the Atlantic coast there Absolutely dramatic coastline it's yeah. glorious so Thanks let's go so back much. to basics Let, let's start how long have you been going as the oh, yes. spirituality has tell us a little bit about the sisters and yeah. and the fcj so that people who Probably no, but maybe yeah, don't. Yeah, it's nice perhaps. to share the story yeah, again. Yeah, anyway, do, do so tell. thanks,
4: Stephen. It's lovely to be able to share the story. Yes, I agree about that idea of thin space—a space where we can encounter yeah. God and all things. So the area around Spanish Point is long known as a holiday area, and would have had in the fifties and sixties quite a number of houses where sisters came on holidays. So groups of sisters could come together—ten, 10 20 sisters could come. Presentations, Mercy, Little Company of Mary, and the F.C.J. Sisters. The FCJ sisters that we're talking about, if Limerick Laurel Hill School or Bun they would have had a number of girls boarding schools. And there was a house in Spanish Point where they came on holidays. From the 1930s, they were coming there, renting a house that was there. From the 1960s, the, the house came into their own ownership. And then in the 80s, because it just needed to be rebuilt, it wasn't suitable for groups of, of adults for just all kinds of reasons. It was rebuilt as a 13 bed house. That's facing, it's literally a field off the sea, facing out into Spanish Point Bay, I suppose you'd say, looking at Mutton Island. The sisters were very, I suppose they were wise and they had excellent architects because they built a sitting room that has windows that face two ways out yeah. to Spanish Point, out to the real wild, and in towards the bay. Uh, a gentler scene. So I often say in that room, you can see sunrise and sunset from the two sets of windows and very much an uninterrupted view where you can just sit with a cup of tea or sit in quiet and reflect. So we've been able, thank God, across the year, even in the darkest of winters, people could come and be and experience nature Mm -hmm. in its beauty and wildness and in its it calmness in the summer. They could really have that experience of being apart. So the house is one, as I say, of several houses that were in the area. The sisters always had a tradition of bringing maybe some of their young people from the schools or different groups They'd have had retreats and workshops and events, lots of creative things. And then with COVID and that, there was a break and they invited me in 2021, they invited me to join them, to work with them. So it's been my privilege and my absolute pleasure to come back to Milltown, which is where my father's from. I'm from Limerick, but my dad's from Milltown. And they always say, you have to say, he played in the 58-59 team. (laughs) And then everybody knows we have you then, you're you're one of us. But I came back to Milltown and they said to me, look, we're going to be here July-August, we book the house for our own sisters, for our own retreats, our own holidays, which makes perfect sense. But from September to June, what could we do? So September to June, we offer events. I try and do my planning and take holidays and things July-August and then come back into the September routine. And this is, the FCJs have been incredibly generous. They just have said, we really believe this place has something special to offer. There's an energy here. And I would maintain, there's over 40 years since the house was rebuilt, over 40 years of... Thousands of women and men, mostly women, coming and having times of meditation, of stillness, of prayer and reflection, of making decisions, of discerning, of just allowing God to reveal God's self through nature, through the quiet, through being in a place where you're cared for and you can rest Mm -hmm. and allow yourself... To heal and to nurture yourself and to come back out with energy into life, where you can stay with a piece of scripture for the day, where you can swim in the morning, a walk, a beach, all of those things that bring us back to our own selves and in that bring us back to God. So they've said, we really believe there's something special here and we want to share it and to see, can that be self-sustaining so that people can have that experience and continue that ministry and that service mm-hmm. across the next however many years that's possible. Mm. So I consider it a huge act of generosity on the part of the sisters, first mm. of all, to employ me and give me this <laughs> chance, but also then to open that out to everybody else.
1: Yeah. Undoubtedly, you bring a tremendous amount of energy to the the whole thing as well. You know, you are a a force for nature as well.
4: Why wouldn't you be when you get to sit on the edge (laughs) of the Atlantic? I just keep thinking I'm on the west coast of Europe. And all around us in the world, people there's so much pain and stress, and it's in, it's on the west coast of Europe too. It's no, we're not separate from it, but yet we have the space to be able to step out and breathe. And often, when we're sitting and we're maybe having a time of meditation, we'll consciously send peace out into the world. Mm -hmm. And I have that huge sense of looking out at the Atlantic and saying, the world is so huge. We can be inside in the city and feel I'm sending peace to particular things, but somehow sitting on the edge of the Atlantic and saying the whole, literally, the water that's here has been in the Arctic and in the Antarctic. Okay, probably, exactly. the winds that are whistling around here yeah. have come across islands, have come across, have travelled across the backs of whales and whatever else to <laughs> be here. You know that there's a real sense of earthiness. I'm very conscious that the stone we're sitting on is 350 million years plus old. Yeah. So there's a, a great sense of earthiness. Yes. So why would we not be just? passionate about it and sharing this it's a small place like we have 12 rooms that are available for people to come and stay so if we have a a director that's maybe 10 rooms so we always have small groups and therefore people can have quite personal and gentle experiences and not be overwhelmed by being in a big institution or by so and and I also think the other thing we have is it takes something to get to Spanish Point, yeah. people often arrive and say, I got to Ennis and I thought I was there. <laughs> there were still 40 minutes, or we yeah. got the bus on top of the train. But when they get there, then after about a day, people say, I should have stayed an extra day actually, because yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. I didn't
4: know. So there's a whole sense of pilgrimage of really having to make an effort to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that the journey takes you out of your story of, I'll just send one email when I arrive. That story mm. we all have of that I'm not really there. I'm actually still back where I was yeah. and I'm trying to keep both lives going. Yeah. You take this space, you come out of it and you come into a different space. And yes, there's Wi-Fi. People always ask. And, but we also put our phones away and say, yes, yes the, wife, the phone and the desk. Somebody will always say, I just want WhatsApp in case there's a family emergency, which is a very natural yes, arrival point. Yes. But then there's that moment after a day and they say, I haven't looked at my phone yeah. all day. And it is such a freedom, Not even if you can't go out if the weather's bad, but just to sit and say... For one day, yeah. I only want to be with myself and my God. We just don't create that space in life generally. And I just think it's a privilege to be able to stand in a place to offer people that, to yeah. be able to hold that
1: space. And so you mentioned some things that you've already had this year.
4: What what happens with an Ashram
1: experience?
4: <laughs> Great. We have two wonderful facilitators, Jane Mellet and Sally Cameroon, Dublin and pastoral workers, people who've been involved in community and parish all their lives. But both yoga teachers and very aware of, of the spirituality of the East and how that might be of benefit. Us. An ashram is an Indian expression, a Hindu expression, I think, but there are many Christian ashrams as well. But it's an expression that talks about a place apart where we might deepen and intensify our spiritual practice. So it's that thing of going apart. So I think there's. there's quite a lot of, about 150 Christian ashrams in India. So here in Dublin, Jane uh, is involved with an ashram in uh, called Anam Ashram, a uh, soul ashram in Tala. and They would meditate, have yoga, have times of prayer regularly. And there was a tradition when uh, Father Corko Moses, an Indian Jesuit, would come to Ireland and he would, in Hoth, have the month of July, have an ashram. And when I, I was aware of all what Jane was doing and I'm very impressed with it and when I came here I said to her would it be possible to have a weekend rather?" and she said mm. that's what we need we need to go away sometimes so we decided it would always be three nights not two so people would have time. Really what we're trying to do is create a time where people can have some spiritual practices that they work on and that they might bring home with them. So it's not just about coming and having time apart it's about getting some practice so that you can live this in your life. So people arrive, maybe Thursday evening and this day until Sunday or Friday evening stay until Monday, and we do this twice a year. We'll have in the morning, we'll have yoga, and the purpose of yoga is not a spiritual practice as such, it's a physical practice to let your body be free so that when you meditate, you're not sitting there going, I can't stay with God because my neck is sore. Mm -hmm. I can't Stay, I can't keep all the mad thoughts out of my head because I can't breathe. I'm breathing so shallowly. So all we're doing with yoga is just settling our physical selves mm. so that the rest of the day I'm available to the practices. So we have yoga in the morning early, we have breakfast, then we have maybe a sitting meditation, which is like a walking meditation to learn. Because Some people will say... I, I can't really sit still. My head is too busy. But if I'm walking with a little reflection, a chant to move me, that actually allows me to be completely still. And then we also do chanting meditation, which which is actually taking Teze chants as well as Buddhist oh, chants, and all those. And saying, look, in all our traditions, th- as we sing and sing, we find ourselves meditating, much yeah. like praying the rosary as Catholics. We yeah. find ourselves lost in that. So people have different spiritual practices mm-hmm. that help, and we talk about so devotion is a spiritual practice. So too is physical exercise or service, which we call Karma Yoga. So service and saying, I will not only be holy when I'm sitting in meditation, but also when I'm laying the table I will try to live out of that same spirit it's a really interesting practice because we all jump in and say oh we're all going to be deeply quiet and holy now and after three days we think I do not want to lay the table I do not want to sweep the floor oh but actually I can live this practice when I'm sweeping the floor and if I can do that then I can be at home yeah. with my four children saying where is my sports gear and say I can take a breath and say Lord be with me in this let nobody die <laughs> and I can come back to that practice Good. so uh, Ashram is very much that idea of practice so that we can live our lives that way. And I think really across the different things we do on weekends, so Fanula Quinn is coming at the end of February to talk about centering prayer. Centering prayer, again, a form of Christian meditation, very much drawing from Merton, Keating, these, and really a very simple phrase or two that we might use, but essentially stillness and stillness with the divine. Mm. and deepening that practice so that we can take it home. Martina and who'd be very well known to a lot of people, has run an awful lot of wonderful online stuff. She's going to come and do a weekend with us in Pam Sunday weekend. Really just that journey to the heart of what matters. So all of these different things are trying to give people a moment where they can step out in order to bring the, it back with them. So yeah. it, it's not a magic place apart. It's a space, and it's a, an oasis yeah. on the journey. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's not a one-off. It, it's something that you can continue when you go back to your normal, mundane, daily life.
4: A normal, busy life. I think we, I'm very struck in the last year or two talking to people about how tired people are. And we thought COVID gave us an insight into what might be possible. But also we have a story of that we just ignore everything we learned from that now. So I think it's like psychotherapists or psychologists say that the gap, the pain, psychic pain is not reality, but it is the gap between what is and what we think ought to be. And so the, the the story of how we ought to live and how we ought to have a perfect family and a perfect spiritual life and a perfect uh, successful life and the story of what success is and the gap between that and reality isn't the problem. The problem is when we say but I ought to have that and there's something wrong that I don't and I deserve. I often think taking time apart is about allowing us to say this is reality. Now I can choose to stay with, with the heart on that or I can choose say, okay I'm going to do one thing that helps me with my life that helps ease that or I'm going to accept one thing whatever it needs to be people have all different things I'm very struck by the directed ignition retreats that we do where when people come and essentially it's a silent retreat and they meet their director in the morning for half an hour and get some focus on the day so they might say I came here to work out a particular issue or somebody might say I came here because I'm exhausted and I just don't know how else to rest so people Mm -hmm. have very different reasons for coming and if they meet their spiritual director in the morning for half an hour they usually take a scripture story and say I'll stay with that today and see what God is revealing to me their meals are given to them nice Good food, we have lovely cooks, we're blessed. Uh, warm house, plenty of fresh air possible, plenty of rest. You can go off and have a nap in the middle of the day or you can go for a swim if you're crazy enough to go into the cold Atlantic Ocean in, in November or December. People talk about the, how important that is for them and they, what that allows for them because they they suddenly encounter themselves and their God Quite interestingly, you mentioned that the storms in January, we had a four-day retreat. So people came out of an evening, had four full days, and then the following morning, so six days, we managed to have Storm Isha and Storm Jocelyn to (laughs) lose power, to have all our water go. All these things happened and came back. And I, of course, would be carrying the bit of, oh my goodness, let's make everything very calm, Mm -hmm. but work for everyone. But the responses back from people were actually, when we found ourselves with nothing, there was nothing between us and God. (laughs) And so actually, once we knew we were safe, we had a beautiful experience. And I found that very touching because my story would have been, oh my goodness, there isn't power in the bedrooms. How are they managing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And yet God had... God could speak through everything Mm. there was nothing that was separate from God Mm. there was nothing that I had to fix in order for God to be present and people were able to encounter and like what it meant was that the night there was Mm. no power people went down to their rooms at 7 or 8 o'clock and had a great night's sleep all the time we're surprised by God being already there before us and really what we're trying to do in the spirituality house is to say here is a space here are some creative opportunities because people will come for different things so but. Five or six times a year, we'll have the Ignatian Silent Retreats. There's a five-day one in March for people who Maybe you've never done something like this before. It's a guided retreat. People can come along, get a little bit of input in the morning, chance to meet the spiritual director in the afternoon. That's, if it's new to you, that might be very helpful, or if you're trying to get back into that path. Otherwise, it's that directed idea of most of the day in silence. And then every month, we would have a weekend of on a different theme, so as I say, Vanula doing Centrum Prayer, the ashram last month, oh, yeah. we have poetry, creative writing, we have the universe story. We have a, a weekend which we'll be just looking at the story of the universe in its broadest sense as a workshop. And Eve and Brennan does and just fabulous, tells us the story and talks about how do we understand time, how are we connected. And that's a really useful, broad piece and I will bring into that some rituals which will help us to reflect a little around it. But it's a very broad weekend that's very open. People to say to me, can we come along to that if we're not sure what we believe at all? And I say, You can come to anything, but this is particularly broad and it's intended to give people space to reflect. And mm-hmm. we have created a lovely cosmic path on the grounds that people can walk. And with reflections and questions, for example, when we look at the great flaring forth of the Big Bang and we see that, something happened that was absolutely wild unimaginable creative without a set outcome was totally open what does that tell you about the force behind it? We have these kind of reflections that let people go we look at the, the first handprints that were found the first sign of human art and we think the question might be two children we presume about five and twelve in tibet fifty thousand years ago put five handprints and five footprints in and what might it be like to have never had a mirror and then to see a piece of yourself marked on the ground? And mm. what mark will we leave as humans? We try and take things that are very open like that, that mm. offer real breath. Niamh is fabulous at just asking the broad questions. What do, Time is a construct. What does it mean? Uh, everything is related. What does that tell us about what it means mm. to be alive
1: now? so sorry i'm, ru- no, I'm giving you no, such breath no. now. <laughs> it's uh, always so interesting let's uh cut to the chase really mm. if people want to find out more mm. how can they get in touch with <laughs> you and Excellent. what you know you've no doubt despite no you've got wi-fi and everything so you've got websites oh, yes. you've got phones so give, all of give those things those. we
4: do and I, I probably should say as well that most of what we do, we have a lot of residential, but also we try and keep connected with the local community. Probably a big thing we're doing at the moment is that we offer movies free on Wednesday night at 7 and on Thursday at 4. Bob Vernon, Church of England, who's fabulous, offers movies and it's a great chance for locals to come in as well. And mm-hmm. there's lots of different evening things on as well. So to find us, so we're called the FCJ Spirituality House, on Antioch Dálta. that's the Irish name. So the website is... FCJ Spirituality House, which is a long name. So, F, so in case people can't hear my accent, <laughs> F is Faithful Companions of Jesus. So, FCJ Spirituality The email address info at FCJ Spirituality Apologies that it's long, but it is. And then the phone number is 087 four four seven nine one one five four four seven nine one one five we have Facebook page we have Instagram we don't have Twitter Facebook and Instagram is where you can find us and we try and share what we're doing there and what I'd say to people is sometimes people look up and say I'd love to come on a weekend I'm not sure what I can afford and I'd say look talk to me so we always have a price for residential and non-residential and regularly we'll have two or three people on the weekend who just who come for the events and go home don't need to stay don't need uh, accommodation and that takes off a bit of the cost and those options around the website we also have an option always for a deposit that somebody can say I'm just going to put down a small amount now to say I'm interested but also just ring me and say can you put down my name at the end of the month I'll be paid and I'll come back and we'll start it then or whatever needs to be To us, what's important is that we engage with people where they're at and we offer what we can. We have a staff and we have costs, but really I think what the FCJ sisters are saying is this has been a place that has been a blessing for so many and let's see how we can share that blessing as wide as we can to as many as we can because it is a deep need in the world to have space to breathe and to notice ourselves as human beings and to notice God who's in all things for us.
1: Absolutely. Noreen Lynch, as ever, it's a real pleasure to talk to you and to hear the enthusiasm and the spirit that is moving in that place. And it's uh, exciting. So and much, I wish dude. you every success with this ministry. I and, appreciate uh, that. I look forward every time to meeting you. And, uh, <laughs> you'll have to pop in again and tell us how it's going. But uh, thank you Noreen so much. Lynch, thank you so much.
4: Absolutely delighted. And thanks for giving me time to talk. I appreciate it.
6: I'll light the fire. You place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Staring at the fire for hours.
1: that was crosby stills nash and young with our house and my thanks to noreen lynch from the fcj spirituality house in spanish point you may remember that a couple of weeks ago i was talking to the church of Ireland national director of pioneer ministry Pioneer Ministry is an initiative from the Church of Ireland which was recently set up to encourage and enable churches to move out of their usual buildings and find new ways of being church and providing service to people. I thought it would be useful if we heard from a church that is actually doing that and to see what is involved. Here, the Reverend Johnny MacFarlane from the Church of Ireland talks to Joanne Miller about what her parish in Londonderry is doing.
0: My name is the Reverend Johnny McFarland from the parish of Ernie in the Diocese of Derry and Ruffo, and today I am speaking to Joanne Miller. The bishop's secretary for Derry and Riffaux, and she's also the Diocesan Church Army evangelist. So, hello, Joanne.
7: Hi, Johnny. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Good. Uh, Joanne, first of all, about yourself, can you tell us a little bit about your journey of faith?
7: Okay. Yes. So my name is Joanne Miller. As you said, I'm married to Ernest, and I have one child, James, who's almost ten years old. So I belong to Glendermot Parish Church in London there. I'm a Church Army evangelist. Just got commissioned there in the summer, there in July, and also then part-time secretary to Bishop Andrew as well.
0: So give us an idea. What do you see God doing in your life and your ministry, even at this point now?
7: Yep. So I currently coordinate an outreach centre called Another Chance. So back whenever Bishop Good was here in the diocese, he had dedicated the 2016 year of opportunity and then 2015 was a year of preparation so we got together as a parish development team to come together to see what could we do that was so different that was a step of faith that the church could take and from that then we felt God given us a vision to go down to where the people were at so we used to have missions within the church hall but unfortunately it wasn't reaching those who didn't come to church it was more reaching those who came regular to church so we felt God said to go down to where the people are at. So um, just down the hill in the local house in the state of Tully Alley, and which backs on to Corrineirn. There's a business park there so we had a look around and there were some premises were free so we decided then to set up a charity shop and cafe and outreach centre really just as a tool to get to know the local community better. The charity shop gives an opportunity for people to come in and obviously we provide low cost, good quality clothing and homeware and so on but it also gives an opportunity to meet with people to build relationships and get to know them better and actually we would say now it's more than just a charity shop or cafe it is like a community hub where people just like to come and have a chat even if they buy nothing, that's not the important bit, it's just building that relationship. So then recently then, um, just in the past year another premise became available just in behind in the same block and we now have taken that over and it's called the lighthouse and the lighthouse then is an additional space where we can do some outreach activities. So for example on a Monday morning we have stay and play so that's open to to everybody for toddlers along with their parents or grandparents or the child minders that come in as well it's an opportunity uh, to get to know them as well and also we do Bible songs and stories as well with them so there's that bit of God spot if you like coming into that as well also then on a Monday evening we have started the Christianity Explored course and that's going quite well. Numbers aren't that high but you know I don't get hung up with numbers anymore, it's a quality and I can certainly tell you that there's great deep conversations happening within that course. We also have run mental health training sessions. Uh, The Reverend Claire Henderson was very kind to come down and run those for us. And that really did open a big area that we see a greater need in terms of mental health within the communities. So through that people became very open and through that a lot of people did ask for Bibles and prayer for themselves as well. Some people having prayer on a one-to-one basis for the very first time Uh, also there we have a messy church which is once a month on the last sunday in the month and again that's a great opportunity for families to come in and uh, yeah hear about god in a fun and interactive way where you know it's a bit of fun as well Um, we also have different community like for example we have the crib service on the week before Christmas so that's really good as well it's a community thing as well but we also use the centre as a means of partnering with other people and reaching out so we also for example have a craft class on a Friday now all the income that they make uh, all goes to local charities. So that's a really good way to reach out and show that we're here to look after different people with different needs as well through the various charities. For example, they have provided money to various charities such as Alzheimer's Society, Autism NI, the Renal Unit in galvin We've also done Foiled Down Syndrome Trust as well as others. So it's a good way to reach out as well. We're also very close to the Women's Refuge Centre as well. So through that, we are able to provide free clothing and homeware for women who simply sometimes come with just very little with them if they have to leave a, a difficult situation. So we can provide for them and if they have children as well. So we do reach out to other other churches and other uh, organisations just to work in partnership with them. Another example, of course, would be the Churches Trust, which I'm a director on. So we help donate to their pantry project where they have food parcels, but also they have a social supermarket. So again, we're able to refer uh, people we know to that as well for further support I'm also trained as a CAP money advisor. So, Christians Against Poverty is a great course to help people manage their money on a budget and uh, see what ways they can be more effective with that. So, we also do that as well as lots of different activities, just thinking about where God's working at and just trying to discern what he would have us do in that place that we have.
0: That is impressive, Joanne. Uh, I'm just sort of wondering, all those activities that you, you have mentioned, How many people are sort of involved in in, in those sense roughly?
7: Yes, so in terms of volunteers, we're very blessed. We have around 60 volunteers that either help in the charity shop, the cafe or the activities within the lighthouse. In terms of people coming in, it's really hard to know because... You know, there's so many different people that come in right across the city. Uh, In terms of the charity shop, we are renowned for having very high quality clothing and items at a very low price. As I say, we're not like another charity shop where they're simply out to make money. We're there to provide a service to the community. I would say well over a thousand has definitely come through our doors and, you know, with the various activities now starting to get up and running, uh, for example, the stay and play, we would have about 20 adults along with about 30 children and we're quite full at that. So, yeah, there's, it's hard to say, but we are definitely reaching a number of people. And as I say, it's not just based here in the local area of the waterside, but it stretches right across the city side as well.
0: Okay. In the midst of all of that activity and ministry, to try and bring it down to a personal level, how do you see God working with you day to day in the work that you do in in, in, in the church and in the diocesan centre and that?
7: Yeah, so as you can see, I have many different rules. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you must um, have a
0: big hat
5: stand. <laughs>
7: <laughs> have to be well organised anyway. So yeah, I mean it's really important that I keep my time with God, and sometimes it can be difficult in the busyness of all the things that I'm involved with. Um, but it's really as important to just take that time out and listen to God's voice and see where His will is for me. Mm-hmm. That's really important because otherwise, if you're not in God's will, then, you know, it's it's not going to work out. He has the best plans for us, as he says in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it's really trying to home in always with God to see what He wants me to be doing. So that's really important in terms of my devotional time, my quiet time with Him. It's also good to speak to other other people, other Church Army um, my rector um, and other people who can help me kind of discern that as well. We all work together as part of a team.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: So yeah, it's just listening and during the Church Army training we came across the concept of double listening. So it's listening to what the Bible is telling us, how God speaks to us through His Word, but also actually what's happening in the community around us because we know it's God's mission and we have to work out what that is that He's doing in our local area and then we go and partner with Him. So it's about looking at all angles to see what is going on in the community and just trying to be obedient to what He asked of me to do. Okay.
0: Okay. Finally, what do you see God doing in your church in this diocese and in the Church of Ireland in general going forward mm-hmm. because the, a lot of people are pessimistic about you know church numbers and you know what 's going to happen with the next generation and the cost of everything and just uh, it 's not something people are generally positive about, but from what you've described there 's lots going on, so do you see that continue, and how does that sort of pan out for you as you look for the future of the Church of Ireland?
7: Yeah, the one thing I'm really really excited about is the pioneering ministry that's throughout now the Church of Ireland that was launched there in February. I'm really excited for that because you're quite right. Unfortunately, right across churches, and not just this denomination, across many churches, numbers are dwindling and falling, and I think we have to go and do something about that. And, you know, many years ago, whenever the church was the centre of the community in Christendom period where people flocked to church and there wasn't really any other activities, but everything was centred around the church, unfortunately, we have to realise now that we have gone past that period of time where now, unfortunately for many church doesn't really mean anything. You know, there's just so many other things in society that just seem to be more attractive to people. So, and hence why we're seeing the numbers declining in churches. I know a lot of people would have said, you know, COVID didn't help. And that's quite right. But I do think if we look before COVID numbers were declining before then as well. So, You know, God says in the Bible that we must go and make disciples. And I think now is the time that we need to go out to where people are at in the communities. No longer can we expect people to come to us in the church. I mean, that's fine for people who have been regular attenders and who have been used to coming to church, but we're in a situation now where many generations maybe have never been in a church door, or if they have, it's maybe just been for a baptism or a marriage ceremony or you know something like that a one-off event so we need to go to where the people are at we need to meet them and their needs and yes you're quite right there are so many needs out there with the rising costs of living and mental health is a huge big area as well as we've already seen and tried to start to address something with that with the mental health training we've provided but yeah we need to go to where the people are at Meet with them there, bring God with us, obviously, and just try and share the the good news. The message never changes, but how we get the message across to people has to be relevant to them in a way that they understand. Uh, so that's really really important so yeah Pioneer Ministry is that's what that's all about Mm -hmm. is to go out and even plant churches or just do some new innovative stuff so I'm really excited for that obviously that's the evangelist coming out of me Um, that's where (laughs) my passion is Uh, my passion is to help those who are on the margins who are really struggling and yeah so thinking for now that most of my work is going to be outside the church working with those who are struggling
0: So speaking personally, you're positive looking forward.
7: Yeah, I think this is a great step that the Church of Ireland has taken. And I'm really encouraged by it, the commitment and the resources they've provided for this. And they've got a team there. And I'm really excited to see how this develops within the church and within the diocese. I think there's going to be pioneering hubs in every diocese. So I'm really keen to see how this is all going to outplay. And yeah, I'm really positive about all of this.
0: Well, thank you, Joanne, and I pray that God will bless yourself and Ernest and James and your work and your ministry and everything that you're involved in. You seem to be involved in so many things, and but uh, and for all those people that you've encouraged along the way to get involved too, I do ask that God will uh, I'll bless them as well. So we close with the grace? Mm-hmm. The grace of our Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ and the, and the love of God, God and the and fellowship, fellowship of, of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit be with us all, evermore. Amen.
1: That was the Reverend Johnny McFarlane talking to Joanne Miller about new ways of being church.
8: Lenten days guide our spiritual paths. In the stillness we seek light, peace, and love. In humble acts of sacrifice we seek Lent's gifts. Drawing God near we seek spiritual nourishment. Over a 40-day journey we nourish our souls When I feel abandoned in desert places, I place my trust in God. Take time to listen to God's word. Take time to ponder and to wonder, to allow fresh new seeds of life to enter deep in your heart. Give us the faith to take up our cross with courage, hope and expectation. Infuse in us your divine wisdom. These are days of challenge, of sacrifice, of love. O God of love, bring us back to you. Open our hearts and nourish us. Let us fast from hurting words, from ingratitude, from pessimism, from worries. From selfishness from violence reawaken the joy of my faith call me to hope give me grace to rise above my own needs help me to rethink my relationships with family neighbors and with creation God accompanies you on this precious journey reconnect with God. God is calling you to be who you were meant to be.
1: That was Sister Anne Crowley from Kilkee with her reflection for the start of Lent. And it brings us towards the end of tonight's Beyond Belief. My thanks go to Noreen Lynch from the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point, and Joanne Miller from the Church of Ireland Parish of Glendamont, who was speaking to the Reverend Johnny McFarland. And of course I also thank Father Jerry Kenny for chatting to me over coffee. Remember you can listen again by going to the Clare FM website and clicking on the catch-up tab. And you can join Father Jerry for Sunday prayer at a quarter to eight next Sunday morning. And Beyond Belief next Sunday evening at 9pm. And as we come to the end of this program, we just pause again and hold all those in Israel, Palestine, Gaza, Ukraine in our hearts and pray for a fair and just solution to the conflict. I'm Stephen Fletcher, and as ever, I thank you for being with me this evening, and I wish you a joyful and a peaceful week ahead. Do keep warm and dry, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Slán Agaspanacht.